Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. You can learn more at fredericksdachurch.org. Now here's Mark Siege with this week's message, No Need to Plan. So by show of hands, how many of you here are the type of people who pretty much are flexible with anything that happens in life? You wake up in the morning, you know you have you know you, what you have to do, you have to get ready for work, you eat breakfast, you drive to work, and if some reasons things just don't work out the way it was planned, uh, perhaps the shower head is broken, or water doesn't come through, or certain kind of colored water comes through if it does, or, or uh, breakfast, you spill milk on the, uh, uh, on the clothes that you're already getting ready for work, or, or traffic just takes so long. Whatever it is, you've planned your day, but things change. You're not worried about it. You're not bothered about it because life is just that way. It's unpredictable. How many of you are, are, are like that? You're flexible. Yeah? Cool. All right. We got a couple of people here. Now, how many of you here today are more of the um, organized type of people? You always have a to-do list. Notebook, spiral notebook. Where's that, Pat? Um, um, you, you have your to-do list. The calendar is the last thing you look at before you go to sleep. It's the first thing you'll check in the morning. And you go through that list. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. That's next. That's next. And you always have things planned for the whole day. And, um, you know, you're still flexible, but you prefer knowing everything ahead of time so that if something happens, at least you have some reference to be flexible about. How many of you are that kind of people? Right? And to those of you who have not raised your hand in either one, you're probably like me, still trying to figure out. You know, you're going back and forth either ways. Now, whichever characteristic you belong between the two, at some point in life, we all get it into some kind of planning. Probably ahead of time or as a result of a situation where, well, I guess I got to plan something now. Whichever it is, we all end up doing some type of planning. If you've been following the biggest event that is keeping thousands of people glued to the screen lately, you're most likely aware that there is so much Olympic stories being made and continue to be made right now. Right, Alberta? Alberta is my uh, Olympic expert. Like, uh, she knows stuff. She watches that Olympic and knows everything, even the stories behind it. I love it. She tells me the stories, and, and it's awesome to hear about it. And let me just say, planning is probably at the top of the list of any individual involved with the Olympics. Whether you're the event organizer, whether you're the coach, the athlete, even the swimming pool maintenance person, they are into some kind of planning. I mean, if the maintenance person doesn't plan, they're probably in the pool, cleaning it when the cameras go on and, uh, and the race is ready to happen, right? They have to be part of some kind of plan. One of my favorite uh, sport um, is swimming, only because it doesn't really require a height to enjoy it in its maximum, <laughs> all right? So when I watch those meets, I mean, 
there is so much excitement and there's no doubt in my mind that those men and women who paddle and stroke have plans years in advance, even decades for a two-minute competition or even under two minutes, right? Just take an example, Michael Phelps. By the way, uh, side note, if you have your uh, mobile phones or smartphones and you have the version app on your phone, you can go ahead and look for our Frederick Church, the uh, outline of our message today with scriptures and uh, some of the statistics that I will be sharing with you today is on that, so feel free. And I would love to hear from you, so feel free to have a feedback. It's the version app, all right? Um, so anyway, back to Michael Phelps. He is now the world, the new world record holder of the most Olympic medals earned ever since the Olympic game was recorded since 776 BC. Let that statistic sink in a little bit there. Since 776 BC. He is the world's new record holder for having the most medals. Now, as of, I think the last time I checked was Thursday, he has 20 medals. Is that correct? 21. I missed the last uh, competition, obviously. Um, 21 medals. Now, not a lot of athletes can claim that kind of, uh, well, nobody else really can claim that kind of title. For having 20 medals, Olympic medals. Also, in the last decade or so, until this past Tuesday, Michael Phelps held the title for being the king of the 200-meter butterfly uh, competition. For more than a decade. That's from 2001 through 2012. I can guarantee you, Michael Phelps plans for years, for decades, the stroke he's going to do, the time that he has to finish. I mean, this competition is serious. He takes plans to make it happen. Matter of fact, when Michael was uh, interviewed, this is what he said. I've put my mind on doing something nobody has ever done before. Nothing was going to stand in my way. This has been an amazing ride for me. And those words are words of somebody who makes plans. Agree? Um, but journey with Michael Phelps now with what happens when all that planning ends in a defeat by 0 0.05 seconds. It was too close to call um, for the naked eye uh, to see, claimed the, uh, one of the uh, newscasters. Then the scoreboard flashed the evidence. Chad Laclos of South Africa finished in 1 minute, 52.96 seconds. Phelps touched the wall in 1 minute, 53.01 seconds, beaten by 0 0.05 seconds. I can't even blink that fast. But that's it. In disbelief, Michael saw that he just lost the butterfly competition where he's been the reigning king for more than a decade. What 
do you do when things don't go the way as planned? Another nail-biting moment this past week in London was Jordan Weber. Recognize the name? Jordan Weber? The defending all-around gymnast in the world, and she's the champion. Coming into the Olympics, she was expected to be getting all the medals in the all-around, and she, I mean, all the expectations that surrounded her was just phenomenal. I mean, talk about pressure, right? And because she was the defending champion, I can guarantee you she woke up every single day at that in London, and even before that, thinking, I have a plan of winning every competition I'm going to get into. I don't think she wakes up and says, well, I'm just going to see what I can do. No. I think her plan was, I am going to nail this routine. And because she had plans, she performed her best. But the record on Sunday showed that she was beaten in the all-around competition by 0.6 points by the Russian gymnast Victoria Komova. She was devastated. Jordan's coach, Coach Bella Karolyi, I think that's how you pronounce her name, called it a travesty. For in everyone's eyes, the results were unbelievable. I watched it. She did really well. She, she had a little you know, off balance on that beam, but it was perfect. And she was defeated by 0.6 points. What do you do when things don't go the way as you've planned? Definition of planning. Uh, Webster Dictionary defines planning as the act or process of making or carrying out methods to achieving success. It specifically establishes goals, policies, procedures in order to achieve what you want to accomplish. There is a plan in place. Although there, there is such thing as planning to fail or planning to harm, just as we've seen James Holmes demonstrate by shooting innocent lives in Colorado, there are such things as planning to fail and planning to harm. But the intentions of planners are preferably or normally on an upward momentum. It is to succeed and accomplish and be a better person. And so when plans do fail, it can be an absolute devastation. Set for example, this American widow who during the worldwide financial crisis of 2008, she lost a third of her income and savings when her bank stocks no longer paid dividends after her trusted bank had failed. The Wall Street Journal quoted her to, with her tearful response as an example of the feelings of many who were similarly affected and in the same situation. She said, you just think that this can't be happening. What is secure no longer is secure. I have planned all my life, all my working life. I have planned and put all my savings for my retirement and for my family's future. And just like that, it's all gone. What do you do when things 
don't go the way as you've planned. The inspired writer has something to say when it comes to us making plans. In her book, Counsels on Stewardship, page 20, and you will find it in paragraph 3, she says this, It is this increasing devotion, the selfishness which the desire for gain begets the deadens, that deadens the spirituality of the church. It removes the favor of God from her. When the head and the hands are constantly occupied with planning and toiling for accumulation of riches. And I would like to add my little version. When we're so involved in planning of accumulating whatever the world offers us to gain. The claims that God has planned for us and humanity is all forgotten. It's put aside. And then when we are faced with tragedy and hard times, our thinking gets jolted. And we say, duh, our best plans and hopes can be shattered by events beyond our control. Don't we say that? And it's unfortunate that oftentimes when we do remember that there is only one source of true security in this changing world, it can be too late. With new appreciation then, we come across the verse like Jeremiah 29, verse 11. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. If you have your Bibles with you, open it to that, to that verse, to that passage. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I'm reading from the New Century Version. It says, For I know the plans I have for you. This is God talking. This is God who declares this. The Lord declares, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you. Plans that will not harm you. Plans that will give you hope for the future. You see, if you were to read the whole chapter of, of Jeremiah chapter 29, you will discover that the, the context of this verse was given to the exiles of Jerusalem while they were captives in Babylon. It was so bad in Babylon at this time that the good news that they could only get was bad news. Have you ever been in that kind of situation? Where the good news, the best news you can get is bad news. Uh, and, and this was a situation that these this, this exiles from Jerusalem were having in Babylon. And because of their disobedience... Uh, the, the bad news was that they will first have to suffer destruction and affliction. That's the good news or bad news. You first have to suffer destruction and affliction. This is when Jeremiah, I can hear just Jeremiah with his loud pastoral yelling prophetic voice. He says, whoa, 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 stop it. Stop listening to these false prophets. Stop losing hope and trust in God. I want you to stop. God has plans for you. Good plans. But you have to first go through destruction and suffering and affliction. Because there you will grow and learn to appreciate whose plans really are the good plans. 
See, when I see individuals who go into despair, anger, depression, sadness, loss of hope, and ready to give up life because things are not going as planned, and then I see this verse in Jeremiah 29, and then I hear uh, the stories of, of, of what we just read, I've made a decision. It's, it's my personal decision. Um, and I've decided that there is absolutely no need to plan. That's, that's the title of our sermon. Now I know some of you are like, hmm, okay. But, but hear me out. Um, I, I know especially the planners in the congregation. You're probably getting ready to stand up and say, Pastor Mark, no, that is not true. You have to have some kind of plan. I mean, didn't you plan your sermon? Didn't you plan to come to church today? To you, I say, just hang on with me. Just, just hear me out a little bit. Because I have some reasons why I've decided that there's absolutely no need to plan. I know some of you are already like wandering off. Reason number one. In the last few Sabbaths, you've probably heard Pastor Q mentioned in his previous sermon, where the heart is deceitful above all things. By the way, you can find that not just in Pastor Q's podcast. It's also in Bible. It's in Jeremiah 17, verse 9. The heart is deceitful above all things. See, many times we plan because it feels like it is the right thing to do. But the heart is deceitful above all things. Number two, there is a way that seems right to people. But in the end, Scripture tells us that it leads to what? Destruction, death. Now, I'm not making that up. It's in Proverbs 14, 12. See, many of our earthly planning is based on what we believe, what we think is the right thing to do, what we believe is the best thing to do, and even is the Christian way to do. But in the end, it can still lead to destruction. Reason number three, and this one is the heaviest reason for me. When we plan, most of the time, if not every time, it's never God's plan. Now hear me out. Jesus had a name for people like this, by the way, in the Bible. He called them fools. Now that's a pretty strong word for Jesus to label individuals. He calls them fools. Jesus used the word fool in a parable after warning a man about coveting. That's found in Luke 12. Luke 12, 13 to 21. What made this man foolish is not the fact that he built bigger barns to store his abundant harvest. Verse 16 through 18. It would have been more foolish of him to leave it out in the fields where inclement weather would spoil it. After all, God has called us to be like ants, to store up the harvest. Right? Proverbs 6, 6 to 8. But why was he called a foolish man? This man was a foolish man, as called by God, because the Lord was not in the picture of this planning. The intentions were good. 
The intentions were even following what Scripture had called him to do, to store up the harvest. But he was still called a foolish man because God was not part of the planning picture. And so, based on this, I gained confidence to say there is no need to plan. If I put my trust in God, if I follow His biddings and walk in His footsteps, obey His commands and live as He calls for me to live, there is absolutely no need to plan. Why would I need to plan when God Himself already promises that He has plans for me? Now, don't take this the wrong way. I don't want you walking out of this room and going into your couches and bed and say, I'm not going to do anything. Pastor Mark tells me I don't need to plan anything. I'm just going to sit here. I won't go to school. I won't go to work. I won't have to eat. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to exercise because I don't need to plan. That's not what I'm saying. That is not what I'm saying here today. Matter of fact, Jesus says this in Luke 19, 13. He called 10 of his servants and gave a coin. And by the way, in Greek, that coin is mina. And that mina is three months worth of wages. So don't think of it as just a coin. Okay? This is three months worth of wages. Jesus gives this coin, this mina, to, to the servants, to the 10 servants, And to each servant, he said this, do business with this money until I get back. By the way, he didn't say, don't plan on what you're going to do about this. He just said, utilize what I'm giving you right now. No way is Jesus saying, be carefree, don't do anything, since you don't have any planning that's needed to be done. Jesus says, look, Get busy with the talents, the skills, the knowledge, and the gifts that I have given you. And when you do whatever it is you will do with all these things I give you, make sure you do it according to the Lord's plan. Not according to your plan. According to the Lord's plan. What does 1 Corinthians 10.31 say? Therefore, whatever you eat or drink or whatsoever... You know, when you, when, when you use the word whatsoever, that's not a selective items only kind of thing, right? I mean, if my mom were to take me to a dollar store and says, pick up three things of whatsoever you want. She doesn't go right away and say, well, you can only take this one, this one, and this one. Because that's not whatsoever, Right? When God says, whatsoever you do, whether it's eating, drinking, or whatsoever you do, make sure that you do it to the glory of God. Dear friends, there is someone here today who is going through trials and tribulation. It could be that you just lost a job or you have not had a job after being laid off for quite some time now. Someone here today is probably struggling with an addiction whether it is smoking, drinking, drugs, stealing, physical or verbal abuse, or whatever that struggle may be. Someone here today is probably not uh, sleeping for weeks now because a relationship has been broken. Someone uh, here um, who is dear to you, who you love so much, is probably just 
been diagnosed of cancer or some serious physical ailment. And they don't know how long they have left. Someone here is probably going through a divorce. Someone here is probably going through some tough times. And everything that you've planned so far is all just falling apart now. If any of this is you, I want to encourage you today and know that no matter what you are going through this very moment, they are actually all part of God's plan. And when everyone just seems to move on with their life and you feel so alone and lonely and you don't feel like God is listening to your prayers and you feel like He's not there to help you, I want you to know that it still is all part of God's plan. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. If this is not highlighted in your Bibles, I want you to highlight it right now or at least make a point that this is going to be highlighted in your Bible. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6. When you feel like you're at rock bottom, listen to God's words. Trust the Lord with all your heart. And don't depend on your understanding or feelings. Simply remember the Lord in all you do, and He will give you greatness. That could be the greatest happiness, the greatest blessing, the great whatever. But just trust Him. And whatever you do, make sure you put your life in the hands of the one who has everything all planned out for you already. In fact, He has the, world, the whole world in His hands, doesn't He? So there's really nothing to worry about. He got you in His hand. I'm about to play a song that's entitled, My Life is in Your Hand. The lyric of the song is in our version um, app there. And as I play this song, I want you to search deep in your heart. Because if you've been trying to plan on your own in life, and this time you've realized that God has not been part of your plan lately, Give your life to Him right now. Just trust Him because He got you. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. We're a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. For more podcasts, click on Sermon Audio.